Welcome to our new podcast series called In the Mix. I am Wynn Darden, I'm the business manager for the Lumaflon FEVE fluoropolymer resins. The podcasts are all about choosing the right coating solutions where we discuss with industry experts what influences their decision-making processes when it comes to specifying and using coatings. We'll delve into how experts develop their strategic planning approach to current structural and future market demands. In this episode, we're going to talk with two people from Axo Nobel, Bob Dirks is Global Segment Manager Architectural based in Amsterdam, while Gabriel Morales is Architectural and Specifications Manager for North America. We'll discuss color trends for powder coatings and how they influence product development and market development for Axon Nobel's powder group. Bob and Gabe, welcome to the uh, podcast. Um, let me get you to talk a little bit more about uh, who you are and uh, what your uh, work responsibilities are. So, Bob Dirks, I'm, as you said, globally responsible for the architectural powder coatings business at Oxenobel. Uh, what does that mean? Um, my team is working on defining the strategy. How do we want to approach the market? Where do we want to play? Uh, which is the product portfolio that we need? Which are the collections we want to bring in? Which, of course, is very relevant uh, when you speak of color. Um, we're working a lot on sustainability. How can we make a relevant impact uh, in the world and in the market. Uh, and of course, always interacting with customers to try and hear from them what they need and then uh, yeah, fit our strategy to that. So great to be here. Thanks, uh, Wynn, and looking forward to talk to you about uh, color. Thank you. Gabe, how about you? Sure thing. So um, as you mentioned, I'm in charge of a group that we uh, we do specifications in North America. In this case, we uh, create a continuing education regarding powder versus liquid. We create technology awareness, and we talk about quality in technology and track records. So the whole group has been together for perhaps uh, six to seven years, and um, I lead this group, and I'm happy to be here. And, um, I look forward for uh, interesting questions. Good. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So let's jump right in. Uh, Gabe, how do you define uh, and how does the market define future color trends with, uh, with I guess, with all coatings? Well, that's a good one. That's always, you know, the, the fun part of, of our job, which is color, color and design of color. Um, typically, color is defined by everything that happens around us in the world on a daily basis and um, typically that uh, you know what what happens in the world uh, external factors macroeconomic trends perhaps like a huge pandemic like the one we just came out of can create changes in the way we see color we prefer color and we do color so typically you know the the feeling of, of, of looking at, at, at color and understanding color and wanting a different hue of color is, 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 is definitely influenced by our surroundings. In, in color trends, we particularly, you know, we always think about, okay, house color, you know, my, my walls inside my house, my accent walls, because I can flip them, I can change them easy. I can go to my local store, buy a couple gallons of paint and change my mood or my color mood. In architectural coatings per se, powder coatings, you know, we we typically 
don't have that ability because we, we we're painting either OEM windows and doors or curtain wall and facades that are pretty much there to stay and to, you know, to change a color on something like that on aluminum or steel would be sort of hard. So pretty much, you know, I, we have to be designing and creating color trends that we're going to be very happy with. Okay. Uh, Bob, how, what, how does Action Nobel approach the, uh, the uh, color trends in the market? We have a team, uh, we call them the Global Aesthetic Center, um, and they have been leading Oxynobel's color trend analysis. And this goes across the entire company. So it goes from our decorative paints to our car refinishes, um, yacht coatings, <laughs> architectural coatings, industrial coatings, so furniture, lighting, what have you. Um, so they look all around the world uh, with a group of ind independent international experts. So we invite paint expert designers, architect, trend watchers, also fashion designers. And we take all of these items into account um, and, yeah, looking at the trend research, let's say. And that then builds a comprehensive understanding of the world around us, as Gabe was just describing, and then translate those trends and what's happening in the world into colors that consumers would like to buy. And again, whether that's for painting a wall or for something that's longer lasting, um, the trends overall evolve. Okay. I've always wondered about the color of the year. Is Does that process then result in uh, picking the color of the year then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that analysis uh, results in the annual color of the year. Um, and then that we translate specifically for a specific industry. So I'm in the lead to translate that for the architectural uh, color palette. Okay, very interesting. I think you can see that, uh, uh, how that changes over time uh, in the automotive industry. Uh, it, it looks like a lot of the, uh, the cars that you're seeing out there have different finishes than they had, say, three or four years ago. Uh, they don't look quite as metallic, I guess, as, as, uh, as previously. Yeah, definitely. You can see that in the automotive industry and also on the buildings around us, right? You can see it across all segments. Yeah, for most people, I think that probably impacts the paint for their homes. Uh, but, uh, but that, of course, with you guys, it's going to affect the uh, curtain wall and windows and things like that. Very interesting. Gabe, how does your uh, uh, corporate or your company analysis affect the, uh, the finishes that are chosen for, for, for different projects in the architectural world sure so coming i guess going back to you know my my previous answer it, it kind of ties along um consumer paints are easily changed as we, we kind of mentioned then and then when when we're talking about a building or a window or a door it's, it's more static so you know we definitely do not move as fast as as, as house paint but we do get very involved in you know, color research and color trends by uh, a group of experts worldwide, specifically color trend researchers, architects, designers, that um, every year give, give us feedback on how the world is moving and what is the world asking for in many markets. And of course, we narrow it down to the typical architectural market that, you know, that we're leading here with this industry. When we create color, we do, for example, solid colors, 
opaque colors, but then we also work a lot with metallic effects in, in funky looking uh, uh, materials that um, perhaps have a uh, metallic and then also texture. And then when the sun hits it during the day on a building, you know, the, 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 it, there's a, a beautiful change in color and it kind of creates a, a living um, work of art because the sun hitting it in the morning creates this effect for the people that are looking at the building and then in the afternoon with the evening skies, you know, it creates a different effect. So all in all, it creates a beautiful symbolic look for, for a, a skyline, a monument, uh, a symbolic piece of, of building in a city. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Does the architect uh, uh, on a particular project, do they choose the finishes or uh, how much do you guys influence that process? It, it, it's, it's definitely a common denominator for both us and the architects and designers. And we together create a color that is responsible, that is uh, structurally sound and technically efficient for weathering and for gloss. So there is a valid study in ingeniosity of, of, of looking at track records, looking at time in the market, existing uh, powder coatings that have been in our skylines in the world for 20, 25 years. And then there uh, it comes the negotiation, for example, on, on, on requests that are a little bit off track, like in tropical or exotic colors. And then we as a group, tone them down so that we can make a good decision for the right pigmentation, the right color to really create something that doesn't need to be repainted. So it's your knowledge of the technology combined with these, uh, uh, the capabilities of the technology, I guess, combined with the trends that will influence what you guys offer to the, uh, to the architect for your colors. Yeah, and, and, and we have been successful enough to create this group of around 60, 70 people worldwide that are specification uh, team members that uh, are all over the, the world and, and talking to, and to architects and designers, understanding the value of color, the value of gloss, the value of track records with powder coatings, and has created a, a very confident you know, move into the world of powder coatings from liquid coatings. Okay. Uh, Bob, how long has your company been predicting uh, these color trends? Um, uh, have you you guys feel like you've been successful, or uh, are you still finding new ways to do it? No, I think so. I think uh, well, both both goes right. So I think yes, we have been successful. Uh, actually, last year we celebrated twenty years of color trend research, or color features, as we call it internally. Um, but of course, you also need to continuously reinvent yourself, right? <laughs> so I, I think we're doing both. Um, and actually having that 20 years of experience is uh, also helping you to show how the trends are evolving. And it's too bad that this isn't a webinar, actually, because I, I am looking in front of me at how the trends have been evolving. And you see, let's say between 2004 and 2014, there is much more color and much less gray and white sort of shades. Whereas now in the past, uh, yeah, the 10 years or so, uh, more grayed out shades of greens or black or browns, etc., are are evolving more. Um, 
if I look at the architectural market specifically, um, and this is interesting as Gabe is also saying, we do have a global network. So we also have a global idea of, of what we are selling, right? And what we are specifying to architects. So we see that metallic effects have been increasing in popularity around the world, literally everywhere. Um, but also the gloss levels have been decreasing. And I think when that's also something that you have noticed maybe in the car industry, <laughs> um, where actually you see more matte finishes, right? Um, uh, in the industry. So and that's almost becoming the new normal. I think in general now it's being asked for a matte finish, whereas probably 20 years ago, it was more the standard was a was a satin or a gloss finish. Gabe, how are these uh, trend predictions uh, received by the stakeholders in the uh, architectural value chain? Sure. So I think um, first, let's define what a stakeholder is. A stakeholder would be a consultant, a construction company, an owner of a building, a designer, an architect, and actually also an OEM of a window and door company, and also uh, the owner of a brand for, you know, a brand that is well known and it has stores all over the world, for example, we create color exclusively for companies that have stores in, 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 in like clothing stores and fashion stores and jewelry stores all over the world. So first that would be, those would be our stakeholders and how do they, 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 you know, they receive this, uh, this, color trend and color, you know, uh, suggested uh, uh, looks that we, we create, they receive them well. They, um, they know that we are a company that has dedicated time and energy and qualified, um, qualified uh, decision makers and color trend researchers that um, they absolutely I don't say they, they will fall in love with the color selected, but definitely with the palette selected. So we based, you know, most of our, you know, color of the year or, or color trend designs and color collections on, on palettes that are definitely agreeable with the world right now and the world to come. Okay. Um, Bob, how, what's the effect of these color trends and the prediction of the color trends? Uh, what are the uh, influence do those have on the growth of the powder coating market segment? Yeah, of course, there's an effect because especially in this architectural market, we sell color. Huh? Gabe has already made that clear. Um, so, yeah, staying on top of color of the trend research is very important. Uh, and especially, I would say, those finishes that we cannot achieve in a liquid paint that can help to grow with the powder coating technology specifically, which both Gabe and I are focusing on. Uh, I think one nice example, which we also launched in the US uh, earlier this year, uh, is our stone effect range. Uh, it's a range of powder coatings that can mimic natural stone, and we can do it in an AMA 2603 or, uh, sorry, 04 or 05. Um, and they mimic natural stone, so concrete, limestone, uh, sandstone, um, brick sort of finishes. So they also feel like stone. Um, and that's something that helps us grow our business for sure. Wow, very interesting. And there's things you can do in powder coatings that uh, that you can't do in the liquid coating side? Yeah, so that stone effect is definitely an example of that, I would okay. say. Okay. Um, because it feels almost like sanding paper. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it really has this rough, rough texture. Um, and also you have different speckles in it. So actually what a stone effect com comprises of it, you have a base 
a base color, let's say a base white, and then there's also black, gray, or brown speckles in it, which mimic that stone effect, um, which in liquid paint, clearly you cannot uh, achieve the same finish. Adding, adding to that, when and, and, and Bob, of course, you know, the one pass system, correct? In liquid coatings, you do one base and then, you know, and then you create the texture with a second, you know, layer. In powder coatings, you can do one shot systems and create this, these beautiful textures. In, in some of them, uh, the, these textures are, are meant to, uh, as Bob was saying, meant to look like, you know, real uh, natural pieces. So it works out real well and, and architects and designers are, are um, definitely uh, very excited with what we've been able to do in middle uh, end coatings, uh, AMA 2604, QualiCode 2, and also in QualiCode 3 and uh, AMA 2605 kind of coatings with, you know, so, so hey, the, the, the sky's the limit, you know, designing is our forte and that's what we like to do. Okay. Um, now I, I know that the, that you guys uh, with the powder coatings you compete with the liquid PVDF. Um, how important is color? Your ability to develop color uh, in that competition to uh, to help the architect to guide the architect to using powder coatings versus uh, versus liquid coatings. Architects and designers always um, ask us: Are you going to look like liquid? Are you going to be similar to liquid? Are you going to have a gloss of liquid? Can you give me the depth of image of liquid? So everything's related to liquid around here in North America, because liquid has been here for so, so long when I would say 70 years, 80 years liquid. And then of course, anodized finishes. So here we are 2001, 2002, trying to move the needle towards powder coatings. And we've been doing this now for 25 years. And I've been part of it, and, and Bob has been part of it, and it's it's definitely um, a challenge to educate architects and designers and, and let them know that powder is here to stay, that the track records exist. So all in all, at the very end, they find themselves in a, an interesting prerogative. Am I going to go powder, sustainable, green in what the world is doing, or am I going to stick you know, to my typical line of attack, which is liquid PVDF or, or, or polyester coatings. Where do I want to go? So it creates battles and it creates challenges and it creates great discussions. So part of our job in our specification team is getting into these conversations, nailing all these top 500 firms in America and, and, and talking to them in a very, very assertive way that creates uh, a discussion that's worth, you know, a revolution in their curiosities and then at the end our accomplishment will be on the specification or prescription create the specification that says yes you can use powder yes you can use liquid please select please choose and give it to the market give it to the the market to decide if they want to use powder or liquid as both can create technology and quality out there Gabe, what are the main colors uh, you, that you guys use and um, the color collection uh, types that Axel Nobel has for the market? So we try to base our, our color and color collections through a very defined grouping called Futura. And Futura has been with us almost 20 years now, and every four years we update it and we create this, you know, uh, color changes, adjustments, you know, with the world and how the world behaves 
at the moment of um, of launching. So we recently launched the you know, 50 plus scholars in our Futura collection for the next four years. Excited to let you know that you know the whole world has this Futura collection to their to their uh, advantage. So we can have a uh, we we can offer this set of colors all over the world at every continent. And from there, we spin off also others like stone effect, like anodic lines. Anodic is an interesting line. It's a metallic effect that looks like anodized surface finishes, not precise coatings. They're really surface finishes, these anodized looks that have been in our market for a long time. And then they don't particularly, they're not particularly sustainable. So a lot of people are moving from that anodized look that was very prevalent in the 50s and 60s and 70s to the same finish, the same look, but with powder coating. So that has been a success. And we just launched that collection. And the beauty also is that we can offer it in middle of the road uh, qualities like uh, AMA 2604. And of course, with Phoebe or Febe based materials, Lumiflon quality resin encrusted in our recipe to create, you know, the best uh, coating technology in the world. Okay. And anodizing is not a particularly environmentally friendly method of putting a, a finish onto a, a component, right? A metal component. Right. So anodized, you know, it's it's efficient economically. Uh, it's just that, yeah, it uses a lot of water, a lot of energy. And today in the way the, the world expects us to expects us to use energy and moving into other subjects that we were going to talk in another podcast... You know, we, we I, I can definitely define anodized as not per se a uh, sustainable way uh, of, of, of creating color on buildings. Okay. And that's one reason people are moving to powder from, to, uh, from liquid to powder is because of the environmental friendliness of, uh, of powder coatings. That is one of the reasons, yes. There, there's, there's a group of reasons, but that is one of the, the biggest key aspects that specifically the top architectural firms are looking at and putting themselves on goals uh, for sustainability in their buildings to achieve lead levels that, uh, that were on hair for before. Okay. And uh, just a last question. Uh, we've talked about color. Well, of course, color in paints and coatings comes from pigments. Uh, how important is pigment choice? In, uh, in your super durable and your Futura collection? It's, it's very important huh? because pigments, uh, of course, in, in our products and in our um, yeah, finishes for architectural space, when they're applied by an approved applicator, we also give warranties. Um, so we want to make sure that the finishes last uh, and that goes twofold, right? You want to make sure that the film actually is solid, it sticks to the substrate, it films, it sticks to the window or the facade, uh, it doesn't peel off. Um, at the same time, you want to make sure that the color and the gloss retention are high, right? You don't want a red building to look pink two years after you, you put it in place or a black building to turn gray. Um, so we are, for each of our uh, quality ranges, we are making sure that we are working with the appropriate pigments uh, to make sure that those finishes last as long as we promise that they will last. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Bob and Gabe, thank you. Thank you very much for, uh, for joining us for this discussion of uh, color in the powder coating market. We would like to thank everybody uh, that is listening to us. Bob and I are excited to, um, to talk about this in, 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 
we we believe um, colors and trends of color are going to be part of our modus vivendi even more in the in the years to come expect a lot of collections coming out of this company axon nobel because this is how we believe uh, color and custom colors should be we should have an array of color collections for everybody to choose and try to before they start thinking on color they can look at color and just select from there so that's that's kind of like what i believe uh, it's it's where we're we're moving in and uh, we appreciate you uh, being there and wish you a lot of uh, success in the uh, in the uh, sales of the product line thank you win wish you well Thank you for listening to our podcast, In The Mix. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe. To catch all the latest from Lumiflon, you can visit our website at lumiflonusa.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Lumiflon USA. Thanks again. See you next time.